lane bench. There's all kinds of excitement going on there. Scores! Roll the highlight reel. Six to nothing flame. Yankers put it in the wind column. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. This is Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's rock and roll. This hour is underway on January 15th. A Monday hour of Flames Talk getting going with Aaron Vickers of NHL.com. It's Pat Steinberg on the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors. Uh, We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening live or are in the city of Calgary or really anywhere in North America. Uh, hopefully you're staying warm as this polar vortex continues to pound us. Uh, luckily, after Monday, it gets balmy. Lows of minus, uh, highs of minus 10. Let's go. Oh, sign me up for that. That'll make the walk a little bit more pleasurable. I'll be, uh, I'll be out in shorts and a t-shirt no, at minus you 10. Won't. Are you kidding? No, I'm still soft. Good point. Let's go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. It's time to stock up for the celebrations that matter with ingredients that help make memories. Visit Calgary Co-op where life's in store. And I want to go inside hockey on this Monday and talk a little, or in this case, a lot about Jacob Markstrom. And we've talked about him at length all season Definitely over the last month or so, we've talked a lot about the insane level he's been playing at since coming back from that fractured finger. But, you know, I think any of us on Flames Talk, whether it's it's Derek on the roundtable, you, Wes, me, Mick on postgame, like anybody in the, the Flames Talk family who's, who's regularly talking Flames on this podcast channel... I think it's been pretty unanimous that Jacob's been one of the best players on the team all year long. He's He has been one of the most important players, and now the numbers are really starting to catch up to the way that he's played. But just for a little sake of argument, since he returned to action on December 18th, Jacob is 7-3-0 in 10 starts with a 9.30 save percentage. Since that return, he is the NHL's number five goaltender in save percentage. The only goalies, and this uh, actually came before Monday's Seattle game. Uh, so this was before Seattle lost 3-0 to Pittsburgh on Monday afternoon. But the uh, five guys or the four guys ahead of Jacob since December 18th coming into Monday's action were Seattle's Joey Decord at 9.46. Edmonton Stewart Skinner at 942, Winnipeg's Connor Hellebuck at 941, and the guy that we all knew is going to have an incredible season, Washington's Charlie Lindgren, who's got a 940 since December 18th. So that's Jacob Markstrom, fifth in the NHL since returning from injury in terms of save percentage. And I like to think that you and I have been pretty on brand with this conversation going all the way back to being part of uh, being in the middle of last year's struggles. Last year was a down year statistically for Jacob. It was a down year overall for Jacob. Um, but history suggested he was going to bounce back, right? History suggested that he was going to return to pretty close to career norms. And he has. He's back statistically to career norms. And he's back by the eye test or underlyings or what we see from him of being a bona fide, no questions asked, number one goaltender in this league. Those things, those things have happened this year. 
Yeah, it didn't really look to me, or in my opinion, wasn't going to be that Jacob Markstrom after last season was going to be an 892 save percentage goalie for the remainder of his career. And to the same point, I don't know if we were necessarily trumpeting the fact that he was going to be a Vesna candidate year in, year out. So you take the high out, you take the low out, and lo and behold, as you mentioned, Jacob Markstrom's back just slightly above his career numbers. He's 2.59 goals against average. is just a little under the 271 he's had over the course of his career, 463-game sample. His 9.12 save percentage this season is just a couple ticks above his 9.10 on his career average, again, over 450 games. And it's just back to the Jacob Markstrom you were kind of expecting. Now, you've got those regular, boring baseline statistics, but then you dig further and you look at some of the high danger save percentages, either first or second, depending on which metric you look at. He's in the 98th percentile, according to NHL Edge. Goals saved above expected. He's typically top five universally, depending on which outlet you're looking at. And it's just back to business for Jacob Markstrom. I think first and foremost, that's important. And there's not too many people, I think, that would argue that he's been your most valuable player to this stretch in the NHL season. It's just great to see him back to where we all kind of expected him to be. You know, I really think that his teammates took it personally last year when I, I think a lot of the, look, these guys are pros and they understand criticism. Every single one of those guys in there is fine with you or I criticizing the way that they're playing if it's warranted. I, I, I know that for a fact. I've had multiple conversations about this. And to this date, I've never had a guy come up to me and been like, Gee, stop criticizing. Like they know it comes with the territory of of being six and seven figure, uh, six and seven figure athletes. It goes with the territory, and they're very well aware of that. But sometimes the criticism goes over the top. There are there are definitely limits to it. Like there are obviously family members and personal shots and those types of things. I think are are off limits for especially for what we do. Yep. Um. And I think uh. And I think there's sometimes it goes over the top and and there can be times when it moves into trolling territory. And and so I believe that some of the over-the-top stuff that was discussed last year with Jacob, I, I think it it I think a lot of teammates took it personally last year because it wasn't the only reason Jacob wasn't the only reason why the Flames had a, a, a tough year last year. And so here's just an example of it. And and this got my mind racing uh about six days ago. This was in the locker room pregame on Tuesday when the Flames were getting set to take on the Ottawa Senators. At the time, they were coming off the Chicago loss, which was still fresh in their minds. But this was Rasmus Anderson on Tuesday morning of last week ahead of the Ottawa game and was asked about Jacob Markstrom. We know last year was a bit difficult for Jacob Markstrom, but we've seen, at least with the eye test, the saves he's been making and how he's been playing well for you guys. I'm just wondering from your vantage point, what it's been like for him, to, for it's been like for you to see him kind of push away how bad last year has been and kind of turn the corner? I mean, I think uh, every time I stand here, I, I answer questions about Marky and I keep coming back to it. I mean, I, I'm not surprised and I don't think he was bad last year or anything like that. He's uh, he's a top three goalie in the league, and I, I keep saying this every time I'm here. He's a, he's a top three goalie in the league, and, um, you know, his, his leadership and talk about accountability again. He, he's one of those guys. He looks himself in the mirror before he says anything else. So, um, you know, he, he, makes a, he makes it really easy for us D-men out there, too, with... Uh, 
with the, the way he plays the puck and uh, he helps uh, he helps us you know break the puck out quite a bit and um, and yeah um, it's it's nice to see that you guys uh, finally jump on board too because he's a, he's a hell of a goalie and easily a top three in my opinion. So that was uh, before the Ottawa game last week. That was uh, before the Flames went out on the road and, and won these two games where Markstrom was great against uh, uh, against Arizona and against Vegas. You know, and I say this because it's brought up in what you're about to hear, but, you know, we saw Rasmus Anderson break his stick in about 15 when Chandler Stevenson scored that goal to make it 3-1 in the third period in Vegas. And, and you know, it, it gave the Golden Knights a little momentum and it busted a shutout bid for Jacob Markstrom. I just wanted to talk to Rasmus about Jacob and, and what he means to the team, what he means inside that locker room, what he means on the ice, and, and just how how important he is to everything they do. I thought, uh, I thought Rasmus was quite, an, uh, quite honest in this conversation. Uh, I talked to him for about five minutes inside the Flames locker room on Monday morning after practice. Uh, here's, uh, here's that chat with Rasmus Anderson. I just wanted to ask you, the, the last home game you were asked about Jacob Markstrom, and you kind of you said, guys, he wasn't bad last year. We know how good a goalie he is. Yeah. So when you, when you hear, whether it's people on the outside, you hear it in the media, when you hear people criticizing him last year, how much do you, whether it's you individually or just the team, how much do you guys take that personally? Mm, I mean, it, it's a fine line, right? Like, uh, you know, there's obviously some, you know, Twitter monsters out there who thinks they know best, and you know, only want to play 18-year-olds and throw out the lineup and think, uh, you know, you can win that way. And so, I mean, there's always a lot of opinion, especially in the Canadian market. And uh, But, you know, it's, you know, they can chirp me whatever they want. But, you know, when they, when they chirp one of the best goalies in the league, uh, in the world, it, you know, it kind of pisses you off a little bit. And, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you look at this trip, how good he was and... Uh, should have had a shutout in uh, Vegas if, uh, if number four didn't absolutely had a brain freeze uh, one shift and uh, and uh, so yeah I mean he's a, he's an unbelievable goalie and uh, you know there's always going to be Twitter trolls out there and you know I think they know who they are too and uh, but you know you just gotta that, that's the thing you got to deal with when we play in the Canadian market. You take a look at you know how you guys have sold out for him this year the block shots. It, it must be from a team perspective you as the blue liners like you, you guys like really like playing for this guy don't you yeah for sure I mean uh, we like playing for both of our goals or even when Wolfie's here all three of them and uh, you know I, I think if you if you look at the stats this year I think me me uh, I get Tanny weeks and me and we're all over 100 block shots I mean and and um, you know usually you get one or two guys but you know we have three and I don't I don't know exactly what Haney is that number but he's he's probably in up there too and uh, so it just shows you that like uh, you know we're, we're buying into the system and if there's a slip up anywhere if it's uh, you know five on five or four on five you know we, we try to get in the lane and uh, and we have so much trust in our goalie too but you know you gotta you gotta help him help him out as much as you can too and uh, and um, so it's yeah it's one of those things where I think the decor and you know the goalies have been doing a really good job so far and um, you know if you take away whatever October start of November you know we have, we have a pretty decent record but um, our um, our start wasn't good enough and um, that's kind of what we're you know chasing and 
But you know, it's uh, what is it? Forty games left. Thirty-nine, forty games left, and uh, you know, it's only it's only half the half the league that's been played, and um, or half the games that's been played, and uh, it's a lot of games left, and a lot of things can happen, and uh, you know, we have a massive homestand here to um, you know six games before the break, and uh, and you know, we know what we have to do the six games, and uh, it starts with uh, you know the decor and the goalies. You talked about the the brain freeze from number four. Yeah. We saw your reaction. Is when when that happens, is the first thing going through your head that damn he lost his shutout? Like is that is that no, part I mean, of the frustration? No, I think it was just it was just an absolutely dumb play, and it was just you know I thought I had a little bit more time, and I kind of saw Stevenson on a bad angle, and you know I, I knew if I get it past him, you know it was going to be a probably odd man rush, but. You know, you can't do that in a 3 nothing game. And, you know, my first thought was obviously that, uh, you know, fuck. sorry for my language, but um, it was probably like now we made this more interesting than it should be. And, you know, that was that was my biggest frustration. And then after the game, I was even more frustrated because I, you know, I cost Marcus shutout. And, uh, but, you know, it's that's that's part of being a team, you know, mistakes are going to happen. And, and especially in a, in a game of hockey when there's, you know, the game is so fast and you make decisions like this all the time. And, uh, and you know, and I just, honestly, I just felt, I felt brutal for Mark because he played so well and I, I uh, you know, I cost him that shutout. Last one for you. Can you just talk about him, like, as a leader and, and the standard that he sets inside this room? Because everybody you talk to kind of says he is kind of one of the leaders inside this room. Yeah, he is, and I... I, I that's I think I touched on a little bit last time too. He's uh, he is one of those guys. He um, you know if we talk about a play, you know he let in. You know if I say oh I thought he was gonna pass but he shot it. He's like well doesn't matter. I should have saved saved the goal. You know and it's it's that accountability he has and you know it, it rubs off and uh, you know that's why you try to take accountability when it's your fault too and that's what you have to do. You have to look yourself in the mirror before you can before you can you know tell someone else to do something and uh Marky's Marky and Bax and Tanny is probably the the prime examples of that that is Rasmus Anderson I chatted with him after practice on Monday uh, about Jacob Markstrom um I, I think like I'm not kidding when I say that you know that guy is a tone setter in the room he's a culture setter in the room we don't usually think of goalies as leaders and you know there was always there's always that joke made about Roberto Luongo being the, the captain. captain in Vancouver, but they gave it to him because Lou was a leader inside that room. And, you know, should a goalie be the captain? Uh, whatever. We, but I don't think that goalies get talked about as leaders the same way that other players yeah. do. But I can tell you, like, when they signed Markstrom and Tanev on, what, the same day in October of 2021... When they signed those two guys, it was October of 2020, sorry. Um, when they when they signed those guys to the to the two contracts, you know, I, I talked to a couple people with the Flames, and the first thing they said is, these guys are going to change the room and change the culture or help do that. And and I think Tanev and Markstrom are two guys that have done that, will continue to do that, so on and so forth. And just I, I'm gonna play another clip here from Mackenzie Weger in just a second, but I can tell you that Jacob Markstrom is extremely well thought of inside that room. 
and is held in extremely high regard inside that room. And so, yeah, when some of that criticism got a little over the top last year, I think guys took it personally. Like, okay, ease off our guy. This like, and that that to me, and you could hear it in Rasmus's voice right there. That that to me is a mark of a a good team, and the mark of you know Rasmus being a good teammate and Jacob being a really good teammate. It, not to the same extent, but. It reminds me of that's my quarterback, that old quote where your goalie is your quarterback, is your starting pitcher. The, yeah, you're in the line of fire. You're the last line of defense. And it's not hard to understand or, or to visualize or conceptualize Marsham being a leader in that room because of the competitor that he is. He's a fiery, fiery competitor. But he'll hold himself accountable first before pointing fingers at somebody else. So when you blend those two elements together, it's not hard to see or understand why his teammates, A, would love him, and B, look to him as a leader on this team, as the last line of defense, because he is that competitor. He is going to hold himself to a higher standard than anybody in that room or anybody outside of that room will. And it just sort of bleeds that you want to play well for that guy. You want to do whatever you can to do your job in front of that guy, even knowing that chances are he'll save your ass if you need to. But that's just kind of the competitor that Jacob Markstrom is, and that bleeds into the leadership element that he has. This is uh, actually Rasmus's D partner, Mackenzie Weger, spoke to us after practice on Monday as well, and uh, he talked about the subtle things and the subtle ways that Jacob is a leader inside this room. And I thought he gave a really, a really good answer on it too. You know, he's obviously a competitor. He, you know, he gets upset when you score on him in practice. Um, you know, he provides that competitive atmosphere guys, you know, uh, you're, you know, you're going to get your best from him, but also, you know, I'd say, you know, maybe one of the things that you could say is when we block a shot, uh, you know, when we go down and we get hurt or whatever, He'll come back and, you know, he'll say, oh, yeah, that was going in, good block shot. But it probably wasn't going in. But he always there to make you feel better, uh, pick you up. Uh, but he's, he's just a competitor. He wants, wants to win badly. Um, and he's just he's done a hell of a job. You know, this last stretch when we've been winning games, he's, he's a, definitely a huge reason why. But, um, you know, we're lucky to have him. There's a little bit more on Jacob from Mackenzie Weger. He's having a – Jacob's having a really good year. But this last run of late, he has been out of his mind, and good on him. It's good to uh, it's good to see. I always like <laughs> I always like a negative that turns into a positive, and and good for Jacob and making sure that's that's exactly what we've seen. To steal Rasmus Anderson's verbiage, he's certainly Jacob Markstrom has certainly quieted the Twitter monsters and the Twitter trolls with his play this season. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, and we're expecting Jacob to get the start on Tuesday against Arizona. You know, he even even at practice on Monday, the, the Flames, I know, are taking even more of a vested interest in Jacob's workload this year, Jacob's energy levels this year. And I've just seen from a, you know, we, we talked to Kevin Woodley a couple of weeks yep. ago and other people who are very smart with goaltending. Some people I've spoken to with the Flames. I mean, Jacob's numbers when the workload is a little less and the energy levels are a little higher compared to overworking him a little bit, the numbers are drastically different. 
both in terms of like some of the the more advanced analytics that make my head hurt when it comes to goaltenders or just the ones that my small brain can comprehend. The numbers are drastically different. So that's going to be really interesting because I think that they are very cognizant of not overworking him despite the fact that they're right in the middle of a play. You could make an argument on all six games of this homestand that Jacob should play. And I'm curious to see if he does play all six on this homestand. And if he does, how they manage his energy levels. And if he doesn't, what games they decide to go to Dan Vladar to. It's, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. To your point, I was just going to bring that up. The Flames play every second day except for a two-day gap between the Oilers on Saturday and the Blues on Tuesday. So yeah. in theory, there is enough space. You're not playing back-to-backs. You could go Markstrom, Markstrom, Markstrom. But I don't think that that's the best route to go for the team. Just to go back to what you said about the numbers when you have a rested Jacob Markstrom versus a Jacob Markstrom that maybe you're overexerting a little bit or, or getting too much time yeah. on the ice with. Be like, I could see a scenario where he plays all six. I could see a scenario where he plays four of six. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in that regard. Uh, there's your look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Flames fans, meet Cal and Gary. Top products curated for Calgarians, and we mean every single one of you. Only available at Calgary Co-op. Visit them today. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. As this Monday rolls on, it's time for the future of the Flames. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they intend to empower cancer patients, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. It's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers of NHL.com this hour. And on the future of the Flames every Monday, we say hello to the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, number one affiliate of the Flames. And uh, welcome in Trent Cole, the Wranglers uh, 3-2 win over Ontario on Thursday night and then a 2-1 loss to the Reign on Friday. A pair of close games uh, as we say hello to Trent, uh, whose team is now 22-10-3 and on top of the Pacific Division. Coach, how are we doing today? Thanks for doing this as always. Hey, thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. How how did you feel about those uh, two games to wrap up the homestand? Uh, A couple of close ones against Ontario. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was obviously happy the first night uh, playing it was a close checking game, you know, and uh, we finished on the right side of it. And then I, I thought the same thing the next night. I thought we played well. We we're, you know, I really liked defensively. We didn't give up much, uh, give up much both games. And then I thought we were all over in the third period. We just couldn't convert at the end there. And so, uh, unfortunately, didn't get any points in that second night. So, it's it's a couple of one goal games for your team, coach. And and over the last number of weeks, we we've talked a lot about how. For you, one of the things that's been a real grind has has been generating offense. Is that um, are, are you sensing that your group though is is starting to get more and more comfortable playing in these one goal games in these really tight close games that uh, are are going right down to the wire? How are you feeling? Your group is is starting to settle in comfort wise with those types of games. 
Yeah, I think we have to be. We have to be one of those teams. And listen, I'm, I'm a, we, we've got the, uh, the best offense in our division. So, I mean, I'm just one of those uh, coaches that grumbles and whines about <laughs> things, right? So, uh, um, and so I'm, I'm always wanting more, you know what I mean? And so, like, it's, uh, it's one of those things. But you know what? Our two, our identities change a little bit with different personnel, et cetera. So we have to check really hard. And so I like the games we've had, you know? And I mean, I like especially the last four now, like, Unfortunately, we didn't win the last one, but you know what? I think if we're on that, that right path and being stingy, you know, I'm not allowing a lot uh, in, in return against, then I think that's a good recipe for us. So, but, uh, and then hopefully we can find a way to keep chipping away and get it going. And, and the other thing is, you know, our power play's kind of been in the tank lately. And so we got to get that up and running. And, and if that could, then create some offense for us, that'd be pretty good. The uh, playing in these types of games, especially as you move into the second half of the season and the stretch drive, playing on them now probably does have the potential of, of paying off importantly for you when games get even more important, like late in the season and into the playoffs. Like you'd imagine, or at least there's a chance you'd think, right, that those playing these games now conditions you to be ready for them when they matter even more? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and, and, uh, you know, I think on the flip side of things, we have the best, say, goals against in our division or whatever. And so that's, you know, something, again, I'm always wanting more there as well. But I think those are things that uh, they're good hallmarks. Those are things that you want to be uh, points that you want to be hitting. And, uh, and yeah, you know what? I think it's great for our group to play in those tight games. And also, too, I think it's it's us realizing that that's kind of how we got to be. That's how we have to play. And then, like you said, you're, we're learning out these lessons and then the game 30s, well, then that's good because I think that'll help us yeah. down the road here for sure. Um, we saw Oliver Shillington make his Wranglers debut on Thursday night uh, and, and you know heard Oliver speak afterwards. I heard you speak uh, pre- and post-game. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there as, as the Flames were playing in Arizona that night, but you know all reports were that it was a really, really positive night for Oliver on Thursday. Now that you've had a little bit of time to uh, digest and, and look back, like how would, you, how would you describe the way Oliver played on the ice Thursday in, in his first game in a long, long time? Yeah, no, I thought it was good. Good moments, good, uh, you know what, he's a, he's a good hockey player. We were talking about it again today. We had a good practice today and, uh, you know, a lot of skating and uh, a lot of checking, and he was, he was good, you know, and I think that's uh, for a guy who's been off that long and for him to step right back in and, and have a – I thought his execution level was was good, and I thought his like his reads were were fine, you know. And I thought that was like really good. Like it was for me, it was better to be than than expected, I guess you'd say. And uh, and hopefully, you know, keeps going, has a good more another good week here, and kind of go from there. The um the other side of it, and and just the seeing the visuals, Trent of the smile he had on his face being in the starting lineup and you putting him in that starting lineup and the anticipation and, you know, even, even watching him post game and how much he was buzzing. Like you're a coach, you've, uh, you've worked with all kinds of different players and you know, the type of battle it's been for Oliver to get to the point on Thursday that he was uh, ready to play again. Just from a coaching standpoint, how, how cool was that to witness on Thursday? Yeah, I think it's more from not even like just a, a human's perspective, you know, you're just happy for people. You're happy for people that, you know, battle through whatever adversity and everybody, you know, has different things going on in their lives. And, you know, sometimes you forget how much it affects you, you know, like when you're in hockey and you don't get a weekend or you don't get, uh, you know, the many days off, et cetera. Right. So it's, it's nice for when, 
when you see someone who's gone through some things to get back and have a smile on their face. And that's what I was saying that day too. It's nice for, for guys just to come to the rink and, and forget all that stuff and have hockey conversations and good stuff happen and kind of just move on from there. And so I, I'm, I just think it's a, it's a great situation all the way around. One more, uh, one more question on Oliver. And that is, it's got to be pretty nice to have him have him around a little while longer. Maybe to, at least one more game for him to get into potentially. Also, you know, has a pretty important uh, impact on on your team's uh, play on the ice. He probably helps you win some hockey games. Probably nice to have him around a little while longer as well. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I, that's not lost on me. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I, I like being a little selfish. I like it yeah. for our team, you know. And then, and the other thing is, is I feel like Coachella is a pretty good hockey team, you know. And we're going to go in there and play them this weekend, so or on Friday. So um, I think it's good. It's good for Oliver to get a road trip in too. It's probably been a while since he's gone on the road and had a game. So I think it's a good experience. And then, uh, but yeah, if he helps us. Uh, Put some uh, nails into uh, in Coachella. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> um, and just uh, just one more on on um, some players that have gotten back with you. Just how uh, what what have your uh, observations been? As uh, Jacob Pelche and Kevin Rooney have now started to get into some practices with you. How's uh, how have they looked? As uh, they continue to work their way back physically too. Yeah, they're doing good. They're doing good. You know, we had a we had a brisk workout there today. I'll say that. So then I, I grabbed them both at the end, just the, the three of us. And we're doing some some contact things down in the corner, some things I'd kind of what do you want to say perfected over my years as being a, a mostly an assistant coach in the past. I you know have some guys that have been returning to health, and so I grinded those guys down in the corner a little bit, which is actually kind of fun for me. And we're having <laughs> some chuckles, the the three of us. And uh, that's why I said, well, if you can get by me boys you're all set now but uh but no we were just uh i think it's good you know i think they're they're doing a really good job um you know they're getting some great you know game reps in we've got a lot of bodies actually right now even though we still have some injuries or what, uh, but uh, we've had some extra guys and and so it's been a good time i think for those guys over the last week maybe another week here and then get to really kind of dig in and see where they're at so i'm, I'm pretty excited by these guys just how they look and how they yeah. they raise the level of practice too so we are chatting with Trent Cull, head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. He joins us Mondays on Flames Talk to look back at the week that was for the Wranglers. It's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers as well, Vicks. Coach may be making things a little bit more crowded. One guy you got back is Jan Kuznetsov, who made his NHL debut last, last week. That's another player from your group to make that happen this year. And I know you and uh, Pat and Wes talked specifically about him last week, but I'm just curious, what goes through your mind as a head coach in the American League when that guy gets that call up and gets that solo lap in, plays his NHL debut? That's awesome, isn't it? I mean, uh, I was just in, we were in the gym there today and I was talking to Kuzi and and Solo was there. I was just asking him how it went and, uh, you know, he says, well, I got a goal in my second shift. You know? <laughs> I mean, unfortunately one went off his toe. So, uh, but he was good, you know, and then we talked, I said, how does it feel? And he was, you know what? I, I was, I'm excited for, him. I was happy for him. Cause then you watch the small things while he, while he had a chance to play. And I was like, you know what, you know what, for a guy who 
may not have been thought to be playing games this year, you know, probably at near the start of the year or last year, and to see him go in and, and look confident, have a little uh, wrinkle thrown at him, but didn't phase him. And uh, and I thought finished the game well and helped the team win. And I was I was really happy for him. I think that's really, really promising, I think, for, for him, you know, too. Like, you know, I'm sure he had some doubts and stuff in the past as well. So it's awesome for him. I think he's had a really good, solid year for us down here. So great for him to go up there and carry that on. Historically, when you get a guy back to the AHL level that's just made his NHL debut, do you sense the energy? Are they fired up? Or do you have to guard against a little bit of a letdown? Because I know the ultimate dream is to be in the NHL, get there, and then stay there. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It's almost more we are kind of casually talking about a conversation after just about some things that happened on the ice and whatever and some certain things. And, like, you know, that's that's like kind of I was like, you know, that's why I'm telling you those things or whatever. And we were uh, – so we're, but it was just kind of a, a good thing. And I don't think I don't think there's anything – you know, Kuzi didn't get the chance to play the last game. One thing about hockey players, no matter whom they are, they want to play the game, right? So he gets to come back here, play some more. He got a good little taste of it. He got a chance to watch at bird's eye, hear those meetings again during the season, which is really key, be part of it all in, in that, that room. And now he gets to go back and goes, okay, these are the things I still need to work on as we move along. So it's, uh, I think it's a real good experience for him. I know you got a little bit of work to do between now and then, but Matt Coronado and Dustin Wolf will be joining you at the AHL All-Star Classic in San Jose. Might be a dumb question for you, Coach, but how important have those two pieces been to your team this season? Oh, yeah. Well, opposite ends of the ice, but uh, you know what? I've done a fantastic job. I think that uh, Dustin, you know, and, and just he, he's a big part of that. We were talking about before about playing, you know, tight hockey games and he's in those games and, you know, he really he really helps us. And, and so does Oscar, of course, as well. And so uh, and then you have Matt on the other side of it, too. You know, but he's been really consistent for us in, in producing offense and uh, for a first year guy. I mean, it's not easy coming to the American Hockey League. I mean, a lot of people think, you know, when you go to the NHL, of course, too, but it's not easy. And there's a lot of been a lot of change around him, too, with lineup, et cetera, and partners and lines, et cetera. So I think it's he's uh, he's responded really well as a young guy and I think still still learning a lot, too. So it's uh, those two have been great to have, that's for sure. And, of course, you'll be the coach for Team Pacific. Do they get preferential treatment down in San Jose at an All-Star game when you're the head coach there? I don't know. That'll be interesting. <laughs> like, do we get the home room? Do we get, you know, like what kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be, you know, it's, and it's kind of, it's a three on three format, right? So it's, there's so much, and I've never, um, you know, I've seen it from the outside, but never really been a part of it internally. So skills competition. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be exciting to watch. And then, uh, and then the coaching part, the three on three, I think will be great. I'd love to hear some other guys, different perspectives and uh, coaches and players alike. So it'll be exciting. That's for sure. We are uh, chatting with Trent Cull. He's the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. Joins us Mondays on the future of the Flames. Wanted to ask you uh, about uh, a gentleman who has just joined your group of late and has made a pretty good impact. A couple of big goals in, in four games now for Calgary product, Mark Rassel. Uh, I'm just tell us a little bit more about Mark and, and what he's been able to add to the team because uh, he's, uh, he's scored a couple of big goals already in four games with the Wranglers. Yeah, you know what? I think it's something that uh, just learning from 
I was thinking about it earlier on where, like, uh, we had Rory Kearns who wasn't playing, and he had a chance to come up and play. You know, we put him in a in a top two kind of line situation, and he was successful. And, you know, he's a skilled hockey player. Or same thing for Huff to do that with the Calgary Flames with, with Zari or Posby, you know what I mean, and those kind of things. So here's a guy in the East Coast League. We needed we needed a body. We're down on bodies. He's one of the, He was one of the top, uh, I think, you know, five scorers in the league at the time we call, uh, bring him up. And, you know, it's one of those things that, hey, you're trying to put him in the right spot to succeed. And uh, I think he's done that. He's playing on that line with Jonesy and, and, and uh, with Clapp. And, and I think that those guys have been a real solid line. You know, they've, they've entered the puck in really well. And I think what Mark does, he gets to the net. He's kind of a, a straight line player, which is great. Exactly. What we need. And he's got a nice touch around the net. And even some of the games he hasn't scored, he's had some pretty good opportunities as well as last game too. So, I think it's been great. It's been a good welcome addition, and he's he's jumped right in. And we've got a great room too. We got a bunch of great guys, so it's nice to see these guys be able to seamlessly transition and, and play their game. So you now uh, your your eight game homestand is done. You get some practice time this week, coach. But uh, then off on the road, you got seven straight on the road before your All Star break. Are you is that a, is that a full on seven game road trip, or do you get a chance to come back at all? No, we come back. So we're just we're out this weekend. Um, play those two games. Come right back on Sunday night. We get back in. Come back, have a few practices, okay. and then take off again next week. And then that'll be like a we're in San Jose to start the trip, uh, and then we start. Then we go to Coachella Valley, and then we finish in Ontario, and then pretty much I guess it'd be uh, me, Matt, and uh, and Wolfie, and then uh, I think and Brad, our boss as well, will be jumping on a flight and then going over to San Jose. So. So it's good. It's uh, it's something to look forward to at the at the end of uh, this month. That's for sure. Yeah, you. Uh, it's, uh, so it'll be two, then home, then five, and then. So you once uh, once you come back home and you go back out of the road, you'll be <laughs> you'll be away from Calgary for quite some time because then you got the All Star Weekend. Um, the 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 seven games on the road, and uh, that's the way that you'll wrap things up before the All Star break. Just. Uh, Curious as to how you look at it as a as a challenge or a potential test for your group going into a, a well earned break. Like has the potential to be a grind, but also has the potential to to really tell you a little bit more about what you got with your group, hey? Yeah, for sure. You know what? And like, I mean, I, like I said, I think Coachella we're playing three of those games there, yeah. so that's that's a, a tough opponent. You know, we've beat them once, but uh, you know, we've uh, we got to go in there. And then San Jose, we were there before. We lost two on the last road trip, so we we got to we got to find a way to get ourselves back on it. I mean, we started really well on the road this year, so it's just going to get back to being road warriors and, and grinding it out. And uh, and yeah, but I mean, I think it's more how we're doing uh, per, per practice, per game. I've always kind of been more focused on that as opposed to laying it out as seven games on the road, right? Sometimes that can be daunting in its own right and travel and all that, but I just think we're, we're game out of time or trip out of time and we'll be fine that way. Well, Coach, really appreciate the time as always, hey. Uh, thank you so much for the insight. Good luck as you hit the road this weekend and uh, we'll chat again next week. Thank you so much as always. Uh, just uh, on a side note, what a difference a week makes. I was giggling here because I got, I was really sick after the interview with you guys. I, I needed my wife and I was, I was orchestrating our interview from the, from the bathroom. And, then, <laughs> and so it's amazing that the, the difference a week makes where I was needing a bucket and a, and a something else, I guess there too, but uh, I know that's too much information, but and also I just want to give a shout out though, to the bills as, as I've been watching. So last week I was sick in the bathroom this week. I just finished 
finish watching the Bills with. So good stuff. Hey, that's uh, okay. Okay, that's what I and and that is a big win for the Bills. In uh, it was it was general admission seating uh, when when because of all the snow there. That is awesome. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. We didn't even know you were sick last week. You did a hell of a job, Coach. <laughs> yeah, the show must go on, as they say. Yeah, so. <laughs> You know, you you probably could have been like, yeah, tell them I'm too sick. You could have done that. We would we would have we would have given you the day off. I promise you. <laughs> it was one of those things that I wasn't really in control of. It all of a sudden it started snowballing, and then from uh, just before our interview, things started hitting, and then it just got worse because I didn't go to work the next day either. And then I felt because I was I didn't want to be around the players because the last thing I wanted to give them was what I was doing. So, but. Uh, so, anyways, it remedied up, and we were all good, and no one got it, so we're all happy about yeah. that. <laughs> I'm just wondering, are you trying to lead by example there, Coach, by playing through the sickness? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you've got to, right? I mean, yeah. that's uh, I'm like a, just like a player. You never want to <laughs> not come to work because uh, someone could always take your job. You know, that's <laughs> the mentality. You never uh, – someone's taking your ice time. Someone's doing whatever. So, yeah, you want to make sure – it's just, it's like you're, you're, they're your family, right? So you always want to be around them. When you're not there, you miss them, that's for sure. Well, uh, way, to, uh, way to battle through. Uh, appreciate the time. And I'm glad, I'm glad you're feeling way better. That's, uh, that's also good to hear. Thank you, Trent, as always, mm-hmm. Hey. You guys take care. Thanks, man. You Bye-bye. too. See you, Trent. That is Trent Cole, the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. <laughs> Oof, playing through pain last week. Good yeah. Bottom. That's, uh, that is some commitment. Pros, pro. Future of the Flames. Pros pro indeed. Uh, there's Trent Cull on the future of the Flames, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Uh, starting to wrap things up this hour. I know that you were there for uh, Oliver Shillington's yes. uh, Wrangler's debut on Thursday. Um, we're going to see him, it sounds like, play on the weekend, uh, on the Friday in Coachella Valley, and that'll be the last game on his LTI conditioning loan. Then the Flames will have to turn him into a, a roster player and take him off LTIR if they, A, want him practicing with the big team or with the Flames, or B, want to put him on a regular conditioning loan. You know, I think it, all things being equal, if the Flames had their uh, had their choice, maybe they do put them on a regular conditioning loan. So what would yeah. happen? What would have to happen is Friday they play in Coachella Valley. Then his LTI conditioning loan comes to an end. They then play Saturday in Bakersfield, and maybe you know Oliver didn't play Friday night because of the uh, sore groin and. Understandably so, you know. We, that's why we were talking first game in eighteen, twenty months somewhere exactly. in there. It's bound to happen. So that's why we were kind of on Friday saying, "Yeah, if he doesn't play, don't be surprised." And that was kind of the feel I was getting. So maybe he doesn't play back to back. But if they wanted to put him on a regular conditioning loan and have him go on the five games after the two games on the road, maybe get a couple of games in before the All Star break they'd have to take him off LTI or if they wanted him to practice. But all things being equal, they, they probably want him to play a few more games um, with the Wranglers. And all things being equal, if Oliver agrees to it, probably the best course of action is putting him on the, the regular conditioning loan. Um, so we'll see. I think, that, I think that's what the Flames would want to do as things stand right now. 
But, you know, there's all things can always change and all those types of things. But I think as of right now, if the Flames had their druthers, they, they'd probably put Oliver on a regular conditioning loan, which would give you at max another two weeks and then start to work him back into the NHL roster and maybe target that for after All-Star break or something like that. It's going to be really interesting, but damn, good on Oliver for, uh, for getting himself back the way that he has. So, so cool to see him back. Yeah, and just thinking back to Thursday night when we got the opportunity to talk to him after that first game since May 2022. Just the quote that stands out, I guess my legs still work. And, yeah. the, and, the, and the highlights and the clips that were circulating around, uh, around Twitter on, you know, just some of the highlights from him going end-to-end and stuff. Yeah, the legs definitely still work. That silky yeah. smooth stride was still there. And I'm kind of, of the from the outside looking in. If you can get him into three or four or five AHL games to just ramp up that conditioning, ramp up that game action. I'm not against that course of action at all. That'll wrap us up this hour on Flames Talk. Aaron Vickers on Twitter. At AA Vickers, thanks to Cam and Azam, our producers this hour as well. This hour has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors.